Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good morning, patrons. Welcome to Thursday. And welcome to Lucas in the Morning. Oh, come on. That sucks. Again today, we welcome two of our buddies from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel and JS Online. That means at 7.15, it's Spoon. Tom Silver's time. And at 7.45, it's Jeff Patrikas. They were the suckiest bunch of sucks that ever sucked. Here's the young guy and the old coot, John Audius and Mike Lucas. All right, John, if you're Josh Hader today, pretend, if you're Josh Hader today, do you feel any better about how your season ended based on how Clayton Kershaw's season ended yesterday? Do you take any solace in that your season and Kershaw's season ended the same way with epic meltdowns? Well, first of all, I've got a haircut appointment at noon. I got to get to. All right, that's um, that's cool. Uh, number two, no, I mean I don't think he. Do you feel any better because no, Kershaw? I don't think also, he does. I think he probably feels bad busted? for him. I, th- I think you? he probably feels bad. I think it's a fraternity thing. Yeah, I would think so. Right? If I'm a pitcher, I don't know, and I see another pitcher struggle, um, I would I would probably what? feel more compassion answer, for him. Answer me this. Okay. Now I don't know to what extent you played competitive sports, but if somebody else, like in baseball, if, if the guy ahead of you kept striking out, took, didn't that take less pressure, uh, put less pressure on you when you went to the plate? Or I'll, let me give you another example. Um, if everybody took the same exam and the people that you knew or hung with all had trouble with the exam or failed the exam, did that make you feel better if you didn't quite reach your expectation if you I, ever looked I, at it that way, the only time yeah, that I would mean, the only time that wouldn't apply is that like when I went to school, um, I kind of rooted for other people not to get good grades unless they were sitting next to me and I was cheating off them. Oh, then you could. No, then, yeah, then that was yeah. That, then I really was pissed. If I'm cheating off you and I learned that you didn't do your homework, what well, the hell's going on here? How can I get better grades cheating off you if you're not taking? more uh, of a commitment in being a good student that's, that's good how point. i looked at it that is a great point lukey um i guess yeah i mean if you're ever in a classroom setting and everybody does bad and then you do bad you don't you're feel like, as bad no no so but that's the, why that, i asked you about heater now look but that that would mean like every pitcher in the playoffs would be failing and i guess there is always a failing pitcher in a game but um i think that scenario would be that would be like if you failed the test and another guy across the room that I don't know if your best friends with failed the test is it are you happy that he failed the test too but well, if everybody, misery deserves company I guess but no I mean in those classroom situations yeah when everybody fails you feel <laughs> I'm not that dumb but I, again back to the the hater example 
he's one of the high-profile relief pitchers in the game. Kershaw is one of the high-profile pitchers in the game. Maybe not as accustomed to throwing relief, but nonetheless a star. And it just went badly for him, just like it had gone badly for Hayter. I feel bad for Kershaw. Do you? I, uh, yeah, Did you see I, I his think, body language? Oh, he looked like his sad little kid. He did, didn't he? Yeah, I felt bad. Why? Why? Why would? I, I had compassion have, for him. I, yeah. I wasn't rooting for for Kershaw to bust. It's not like Kershaw is like this outspoken guy in baseball where everybody says, "Just shut up and play, Kershaw." We don't want to hear you talk smack about anybody anymore. And then he gets bombed like that. Then I think there would be some joy from fans. Where they say, good, I'm glad, I don't like that guy. Uh, Clay Travis had a somewhat provocative conversation as I was driving in with Frank Isola. Is that who it is? Yeah. Probably. Um, and you could probably Google this. All-time postseason busts. Players who may have Hall of Fame careers, more so based on their regular season than their postseason. A couple of names they brought up, I would agree with. James Harden. Um, NBA, yes. Uh, John Elway until he won that Super Bowl when he found a running back named Terrell Davis. Uh, Peyton Manning, his regular season record always was better than his postseason. Is you see where I'm going with all this? Yeah, I mean, I guess with Clay Kershaw is a perfect. And Kershaw last night admitted as much after the game. At one point, he said, "Yeah, all of you who are criticizing me for my postseasons, you're right." I mean, that, that's quite a confession. I think we have some of that sound. Do we have some of it? Hold on, let me find let's, it. Let's listen to it, and then we'll, we'll explore that other avenue. Okay, here's uh, a disappointed Clayton Kershaw. I had one job to do, just get three outs, and got one out, and um, didn't get the other two, and they went over the fence. Cost us the game right there. So um, that's it's a terrible feeling. Um, you know, there's no, no excuses, just... Didn't make pitches, and guy headed over the fence twice. So. Was that the second cut you played? That was the second one, yeah. I'm guessing the first cut is similar because it's, it's labeled terrible feeling when you're to blame. That's the hardest part every year. I mean, just uh, when you don't win the last game of the season um, and you're to blame for it, um, it it's not fun. And uh, the main reason is just the group of guys in this clubhouse. and um, Yeah, it's, it's just uh, it's a terrible feeling. So during the regular season, Kershaw's record is 169 wins, 74 losses, 2.44 ERA. During the postseason, Kershaw's record is 9 and 11, 4.43 ERA. He's given up 24 home runs in 32 postseason games. Jeez, that includes 25 starts. I wonder, can he ever? Will he ever have a moment in the postseason? Or is this just going to be his career? I mean, I don't think even if let's say he had a great postseason run. Next year, and he was like four zero, and didn't give well, up Rodgers. Yeah, I think you can. But overcome I don't think it. that makes good for all the failure. Elway, but, but I gave you, I cited an illustration. Elway, I mean, he was, he had little or no success in the postseason. He won a Super Bowl. But um, has there been a guy though, Lukey, that did it by himself? Like because Elway, it's not like all of a sudden Elway is Patrick Mahomes late in his career. I mean, he had the defense, and it's hard to compare in the NFL anyway. But well, he, he had, had the be defense, finish, he had the running and back. He finally, was able to finish. Yeah, but Kershaw is that's him. That's all by himself. He has to be out there. His ERA has to be two and a half. You know, he has to strike out batters. Well, like Clay Travis brought up the name of Jim Kelly. I'm not sure that fits because Kelly was a quarterback for all those 
Buffalo Bills teams that finished just short of winning a Super Bowl. I mean, Fran Tarkenton in Minnesota, your guy, uh, was on all those Viking teams that fell short of winning a Super Bowl. Do they qualify as postseason failures? I think it's different because— Did you Google that, postseason bus? Uh, all-time postseason bus, yeah. What did you get? Um, hmm. Who else? owns the post-worst playoff meltdown from the New York Times? Okay, go ahead. Um, let's see here. They have it's it's I'm scanning it says we read it. Um, I think this is more teams. Well, I can understand that. Too. Yeah, this is teams. Well, does anybody come to mind from the teams? Just from any player that you th- oh you just associate with postseason failure failure even versus regular season success because that's that's the equation we have here. Kershaw great in the regular season. Not so good in the postseason. Peyton Manning was that way. I think that's Manning would be very the, appropriate. Yeah, Manning would be the one once again. And and I don't even know if he made good for it. I mean, I guess he did with the Colts. He didn't have a very, even in that Super Bowl win. Yeah, an awful his game. numbers were off. It was awful. It was off. That was an awful year for him. He, he quit after that because he he knew that I don't know if it got off, better. I can't awful think being of somebody, relative because they won the Super Bowl. Right, but awful individually. Yeah, I get it. Um, I don't know. I can't think of one right now off the top of my head. I'm sure there are guys. We'll, ex- we'll put our crack research. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Which team on that? Oh, sure. That means me Googling during the break. Yes, that means you Googling during the break. And then we'll come back and we'll play some of the highlights from yesterday. I was bummed based on what I saw in that first inning with the Cardinals and the Braves. That's not what I wanted, John. Ten runs in the first inning? The game is over. I just turned it off. Game is done. Yeah, good. That's exactly what you want, isn't it? Oh, no, you want drama. I want I want competitiveness. I guess you do, yeah. In a do-or-die game, yeah, you want a competitive game. All right, so some of the things we're going to be talking about today, uh, we'll go over well, we'll go over some of the Tom Hodricourt grades for Brewer players. Since I brought up Hader, I'll tell you what his grade was, according to Hodricourt. Uh, we have some sound from Brett Favre, who's celebrating a birthday today. Uh, Brett Favre. And Aaron Rodgers' buddy buddies now, right? We all know I that. I think it's just Aaron Rodgers, but he was on Brett Favre's podcast. Oh, okay. We'll see what we can come up with. Uh, second hour of the show, we have Tom Silverstein from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. We'll talk a little bit about Packers-Lions. Jeff Patrikas, the hater, the devil himself, will be with us at 745. We're thinking about opening up our phone lines again at 730, but we'd have to come up uh, with an appropriate question, and we'll work on that. You got anything on Nothing. Right now? Nothing. nothing right now. You got nothing right now? I got nothing. Uh, congratulations to the Wisconsin volleyball team for its win at Northwestern. Not that it's a win that, you know, people would would really recognize as being a big win, but you have to win those games over teams that are beatable, don't yep. you? Yep, those are where you pile up those important wins, and then you hope you can get some ranked wins. I and... watched some of it last night. Yeah. I did. Yeah, it was, it was fast. It was like a 90-minute match. Yeah. yeah. Who was the star of the... Of the team, who, who, if you had to give out three stars for that game, who were they? Give me an order, three stars. Um, I would go Haggerty, I would go Redkey, and I would go 
probably Loberg. I will say this, and I brought it to your attention when, Healy, I, I, when, when I walked in the door. Northwestern has a star. What's yeah. her name? Uh, her name is Timmy Thomas Alora. Oh, my goodness. On one of her serves, she knocked over a Badger player with the velocity of the serve. Is, am I well, accurate I mean, on that? Well, I mean, sometimes you're trying to... I know to, when you're trying to... Yeah. Return, or at least... Trying to pass the save. ball. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not necessarily that the serve... It was sure it, seemed like the serve. Well, I mean, the over. serve was coming so fast that you had to adjust. And yes, that sometimes she's got to be one of the best players over. in the in the league, isn't she? She's a first year player. Wow. So we'll see how she stacks up. This is only her fourth or fifth Big Ten match. All right, let's go back to the diamond. We'll talk about what we saw last night and much more coming up on Lucas in the morning. Kershaw's 1-0 to Rendon, swung on, hit of the year to deep left center field. Taylor going back, warning track, at the wall, he leaps, it is gone, goodbye! Bang! Zoom goes Rendon on the second pitch from Clayton Kershaw. And this is now a one-run game here in the top of the eighth inning. Rendon with his first home run of the series and the postseason. He drives in his fifth run of this series. Here's the pitch. He swings and belts one to deep right center field. Way back. Going. Going. And gone. Goodbye. Halfway up the pavilion. A tremendous game. Tying home run by Juan Soto. And this game is all even. The Nationals dugout goes wild as Soto crosses the plate. He has tied this game. He drives in his second run of the night. It's his second home run of the series. I like that. I mean, he the faded guy, a little I had, bit I had there. to cut those both off. He kept talking. There's another well, 20 okay. seconds left. You know why I liked it so much? Because it sounded like he was having fun, didn't it? It sounded like he was really enjoying himself, and that's what it's all about. Welcome back to Lucas in the Morning with John Adias. Uh Didn't go well last night for Clayton Kershaw. Uh, he went worse for the Dodgers. Uh, Howie Kendrick, 10th uh, inning. Joe Kelly pitching. Where was Jansen? Why didn't they go with their bullpen ace? Why wasn't Jansen out there, John? I don't know. I'm ah. not Dave Roberts. Should have been out there instead of Joe Kelly. Well, here's what happened. Kelly's one-strike pitch. Swing a fly ball, center field deep. Bellinger going back to the warning track, to the wall. It's a grand slam. Howie Kendrick has done it. They're going crazy in the Nationals' dugout. Howie Kendrick with a grand slam here in the 10th inning of Game 5. The Nationals 7, the Dodgers 3. How about that? Dodgers 106 wins, and their season is over. How does that make you feel as a Brewers fan, hearing that, hearing the Nationals succeed like that in Game 5? Does it make you you feel worse? Now, we we came in to today's show talking about how haters should feel based on how Kershaw was feeling. Does it make you feel worse as a Brewers fan knowing that, well, you should have beat the Nationals, at least to your thinking? And if you had beaten the Nationals, well, look, now you could have beaten the Dodgers. Could have yeah. beaten the Dodgers. Yeah, just because a win over the Nats doesn't guarantee you could have gotten swept by the Dodgers. I understand that. But it's still, there's part of me that says, well, how come they get all the breaks? <laughs> how come they're having the magical postseason and all we got was the magical September? 
there is part of me that kind of is like, eh, screw those guys. You realize Dodgers haven't uh, won a World Series since 88. They've won seven straight NL West crowns, and they're sitting there empty-handed. It's got nothing to show for it, really. How about this? Would you rather be a fan of the Dodgers or a fan of the Brewers this year? Dodgers win all these games, then they go and they lose in their in the well, DS let me, series. Let me twist it one more turn. And this was something that Travis brought up too. Would you rather be the Dodgers or the Braves today? What would be easier to get over? Just getting trounced like the Braves did, giving up 10 runs in the first inning, or losing like the Dodgers did? Well, it's always easier. What's easier to swallow? Well, here, let me tell you, because this happens with the Vikings all the time. It's, oh, yeah, you have an, some experience, don't it's you? It's an easy, easy question to answer. Um, when the Vikings got blown out by the Eagles in the NFC Championship game a couple of years back, I was I was I was recovered by end of the third quarter. I would come to the you know it's not going to happen. I had a whole another quarter just to absorb it, and then I was done with the game. When the Vikings lost to the Saints, that took like months to get over because it was right within your grasp. When the Vikings lost to the Giants, forty-one nothing. I left that game watching it at my buddy's house at halftime, and I drove home. And by the time I got back to Winona, Minnesota, two hours later, I was like, "Okay, they were never going to win that game." When the Vikings, I'm not, I'm not done yet. When the Vikings lost, there's like a long list here to the Falcons in '98. That one stung, and it still stings. So the it's it's a simple, simple answer. That is the simplest question I've ever had to answer. I would rather it's easier to get blown out in the first inning. Well, one thing they're not doing today is they're not second guessing much in Atlanta. What do you second guess when you give up ten in the First inning, right? There's nothing, right? But you they can't. didn't, and there was not a home run. We, did, I think we have one, we have one sound bite, a, a double, a, a texture fowler double. Let's listen. Uh, we yeah, have that? yeah, I got it. Here we go. Three, two, one. Sound like pitch to Fowler. He could do it. He had 19 during the regular season. Swing and a smash <laughs> past third. That's going to open the bases. It could clear the bases. One run in, two run in. They're going to stop the runner at third now, and the Cardinals lead seven to nothing. A uh, base hit for Fowler to drive home, too. Wow. He, he sounded, Good Lord, Mike Shannon. I loved it. He, that's the most excited we've heard him all year. It sounded like he did have somewhat of a pulse, which normally he doesn't have. Can we hear one more? Can no, I go we grab got one more? another Shannon? Yeah, let me grab Come one on. more. Come on. Why Are you not? serious? Don't you, want, don't you want to see if it was like that the entire inning? How about a Colton think, Wong? Double? Like what? Like he stood, stayed awake for the entire inning? Because it was a long inning. Go ahead. All right, here is, uh, oh, I got it. They got to make me save it. Hold Ten on. Ten runs in the first inning, not a home run. Let's hear Let's hear the Colton Wong. Give me a second here. So Wong had a double. There were three doubles. Push some a bunch of walks. Here. Your guy, Fulton Navich, was horrible. My guy? Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. 
Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu slash visit. Yeah. Remember we were trying to pronounce his name the other day? Doesn't matter. Oh, how do you pronounce it? Sucks. That's how you pronounce it. You got one out, John. That's it. You still looking for another Mike Shannon call? Here we go. Go ahead. It's, it's loading. It's loading. Line drive into left center. That's going to score two more. And the Cardinals lead 9 nothing. It's a double by Wong. Let her rip, boys. Let her rip. The Cardinals lead 9 nothing here in the first inning. Uh, yeah. He's oh, rubbing he's it in. to, Was he going to woo at the end and they I cut it off? Was. Did I you hear was, that? Yeah. I want to hear that one more time. He's about to woo and they cut him off. Then he woo. Oh, he did. He, he went Ric Flair. Woo. That's just like a mini Ric Flair there. Uh, for the record, Atlanta has now lost 10 consecutive postseason rounds or series since the last time the team advanced, 18 years ago. So that ties the mark of futility set by the Cubs between 1908 and 2003. Woo! My goodness. Uh, another game five today, John. Since everyone's rooting for... Uh, that's good. A, a Washington-Tampa Bay World Series. Isn't everybody... Nationals and Rays, wouldn't that be a stellar World Series? Well, Rays get to go against the Astros today, Game 5. And get a load of this, Garrett Cole. Okay. Since uh, a May 22nd loss to the White Sox, Garrett Cole is 17-0 and in his, 20, his last 23 starts. 17-0, and a span in which he struck out 241 and walked 32. So who do you like today? Tyler Glass now or Garrett Cole and the Astros. Uh, I think I'm going to take Garrett Cole. Woo! That was Mike Shannon again, wasn't it? Yeah. Woo! Did you get one of those in last night for volleyball at all? Uh, woo? No, I didn't. No? Woo! Can you woo! see if you can woo! work that in? Woo! Sounds like the three Stooges over yes, here. doesn't it? Woo! Woo! Or the two woo! Stooges woo! in here. Either <laughs> or. Uh, second hour of the show. Don't forget, we'll talk some Packers football with Tom Silverstein. Walking Journal Sentinel 715. Jeff Petrigas joins us. Preview the Badgers and the Spartans Saturday at Camp Randall. Much more coming up. Lucas in the morning. Woo, 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 woo. Upside down and inside out. I'm about to show all you folks what it's all about. There comes a point where it's about the wins, and people are going to yeah. still focus on you know the, how many touchdowns you threw. How many? But the most important thing is championships. We're putting ourselves in a position to be competitive in that conversation in a very deep uh, NFC. But you know, wins like a couple of days ago go a long way for the confidence of our football team, and I feel good about where we're at. So that was Aaron Rodgers. Uh, he was on a show with Brett Favre. Is that correct, John? I want to be I accurate. I believe so. Yeah. Uh, Favre. Favre has a serious XM show. Yes, he does. Uh, Favre also spoke with uh, Peter King of NBC Sports um, and expressed some concerns about whether he played football too long and whether that toll of 20 years in the NFL may affect his long-term health. Man, they're really going after Favre on that because he made a comment a couple of years ago that he's scared about it. And what's wrong with being freak scared? Him out. What, but. In all seriousness, what's wrong with being scared? Why wouldn't you? No, there's nothing wrong admit with being as much. I'm just no, I'm just saying like they're really still hitting that story. Like they still want that to be a story. I so, don't know if it's a story until. I mean, I thought that story was over. He said he's afraid of his future. He he thinks about that, and then a couple years later, we go to the same story. Uh, so he told Peter King, Barb did. Yeah. 
um, about staying in football too long. He said, I wonder every day what tomorrow will bring just from how I did play and how long I did play. And then he made a reference. John Wayne was cool then, but maybe not so cool now. So being like a John Wayne character, being a tough, tough guy. Tough guy, yeah, that's what he's talking about. And then he then he said he had no regrets, though, about playing as long as he did. It, it, he said he wouldn't trade any of it, the good or the bad. Okay? Somewhat, somewhat caught in between what he really feels. But I have no problem with him being honest about it. I think no. being candid is good. No, I don't either. I'm just saying I thought we'd covered that already. Remember, he, this was like last year, the year before, he talked about worrying about his future because of all the hits he took in, in football. All right, so I've got in front of me some of the transcript from the Rodgers interview with Brett Favre on Sirius XM NFL radio. Um, <laughs> because it's, I give it away, it's Favre's birthday today. He's the big five zero. Uh, he said he was. He joked with Rogers that he was expecting something from him, like a Porsche. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing that Aaron Rodgers wouldn't buy Brett Favre a Porsche. Do you think that would happen? Not at all. I don't think he'd buy him a sandwich. Not even a sandwich. Well, maybe a sandwich. They also talked about uh, Rogers' transition to Matt Lafleur, which is going much more smoothly than I think anybody envisioned or wants, because it's a better story if they're spatting. Don't you think? Yeah, it's a better story if Trubisky throws a touchdown, if Cousins throws a touchdown. Those are better stories. They're not four and one. They're two and three. So right now, all's cool on the Packer Imagine, front. I, I know. I don't. I don't like to listen. The Packers, I think, are the maybe the fourth best team in football right now. And I think as the season goes on, maybe they're proving a lot of people wrong, and they could win ten or eleven games, maybe, and uh, they could be a force, maybe. I'm I'm not quite sold yet, but I think they're a really good team who's at better, this point. Who's better than them? All I'm saying in the is NFC. All I'm saying, real quick, um, is it's amazing what the conversation would be if Trubisky didn't suck and Cousins didn't suck. And give credit to the defense, I get it, because this could be a two and three football team that we are talking about. What's wrong with Aaron Rodgers? And Rodgers isn't talking about not my best statistical game. I just want to win. He's he's having to answer all these questions about why he's not throwing on pace for 45 touchdowns this but year. But you could bring up that high wire act, if that's what you're going to call it, that thin line that so many teams yeah. have to maneuver between the wins and the losses with everybody. Sure, but I mean, I think it comes down to the Packers even a little bit. Listen, I mean, you can look. It's always about how you got to your record. You know, how did you get to your record, right? Did you win by 30? Did you win by a touchdown? Did you win on a last-second field goal? Did you win, you know? And so I think the argument is out there that the Packers could be have a totally different record, and we could be looking at this totally different. Could you go on every NFL team? Yeah, you can go through a lot of NFL teams and do that too. I just think it's interesting how it's morphed to this conversation. No, okay, I'll like, give you that I'm not much. about the stats. When I'll give you that much. Very close to being about the stats. You can bring that up. Record. You can bring that up to Tom Silverstein at seven fifteen if you want. Okay. All right. Remember that. Write it down. Jot yourself a note uh, before we get out of this segment. Uh, Mike Schild had an interesting reaction to the Cardinals' victory yesterday. Um, if you're wondering who the hell I'm talking about, that would be the Cardinals' manager. Uh, he he looks like he's a pretty nondescript guy. Doesn't he? he looks like John Audius's science teacher. Uh, did you like your science teacher? Did you take science um, or did you take biology? What, what was your course curriculum? Where'd you go to high school? Blue Earth Area High School. Oh, yeah. One of the great high schools in the world. Yeah. Top five. Blue Earth. 
in that area. Um, I don't remember my science teacher. Must have made a so when I, big impact. So I gave you that visual for all of you out there now. Um, Ooh, when I say teacher? your science teacher, what kind of visual do you come up with? Well, I think of my... Is it a guy with like glasses? Is it a guy like Mike Schill? Does he look like Mike Schill? Uh, kind of. He had glasses. My you know junior my, high science teacher did. My chemistry. And did you take chemistry? I did take chemistry. That's right. My Who's chemistry teacher? teacher was the legendary Bernie Barkin. Legend at the Beloit Memorial High School, one of the greatest coaches in the history of Wisconsin high school sports and basketball. And did he look like uh, the Cardinals manager? Uh, no, he was like five five and oh. chewed on towels during the games. He had oh. this white. He did that before towel. He just chewed on the towel. It was kind of like Tarkanian, like before Tarkanian. Wow, trendsetter! They named the gym after it, Barkin Gym in Beloit, no the Beloit Memorial High School. So with that, that gives. How did we get to science teachers and chemistry because teachers? Mike oh, Mike Schild. Yes. And so this was his reaction, post-game reaction, which Schild didn't think was being taped, correct? I don't know. I haven't read on it. Uh, you got all the bleeps? I, sure. All right, play it. What I love about this series is we played the game hard, we played the game right. We started some shit. We finished the shit. Yeah. Let's go. And that's how we roll. We don't start with no one with us ever. Ever. All right? Now, I don't give a f- who we play. We're going to f- love. We're going to take it right to him the whole f- way. We're going to kick it. F- yeah. Let's go. That just seems so out of character for what we see. Just the body language, just the persona of Mike Schild, right? I love it. That's Mike Schild? That was from uh, social media. I forget who was recording. It was, one of the, it was a rookie outfielder, wasn't it? Was it? I, uh... And then he took down the post. Did he? Yeah. Oh, then he should not have been. You know, how remember we, Antonio Brown got yes. in trouble for posting something like that in the Steelers locker room when he was still with Pittsburgh. He was on Facebook Live. This guy was on a Instagram or Snapchat. Does Instagram do live? I think they do. Or Snapchat. This would be yeah. comparable, John, to you having that type of speech. If you just went off during like one of our breaks and yeah, I happened to tape happen. it, yeah. and then we posted it, and people said, "Oh, that can't be mild mannered, John." Adias. That's the same guy. Don't you think? And then other I think people. I think we can connect the dots between you and Mike Schild. And when I saw that, I was like, "Oh man, Mike Sh- Mike Schild's pretty cool." <laughs> I thought, "Man, I didn't know he was firing up his squad like that." That's what happens in baseball. Well, yeah, now cool. I can't wait for this break because I'm going to let you unload on me. That's coming up <laughs> right after this on Lucas in the Morning. No, I love playing hard. Uh, always try to give you know, everything I got. Uh, and it's up to butt, you know, to manage my minute. And, uh, you know, if he doesn't want me to be out there, you know, it's his decision. But whenever I'm out there, I'm going you know, to play hard. And uh, I think that's what he wants from me. He's on go all the time. And, and that's how we, you know, we just, it, it sets the tone for our whole team, for everything we do. You know, not just Giannis, everybody. Um, I think we take a lot of pride in competing and, Giannis kind of only knows how to play one way, and I would never want to change that. Welcome back to Lucas in the Morning with John Adias. You just heard from Giannis and Coach Bud, Mike Budenholzer. Last night, the Bucks romped over the Utah Jazz, like 133 to 99 at the Fiserv Forum. Giannis played 
less than 21 minutes, had 22 points, 11 rebounds, 4 assists, and um, he had a very awkward-looking dunk, a throwdown, where he landed hard on the floor, at which point Coach Bud took Giannis out. And you made a comment before we came back live that if it was up to you, you would limit or not even play Giannis during these exhibition games. Explain yourself. I thought I saw stats, not only, or not, I'm sorry, stats, highlights too of Giannis like diving on the floor for loose balls. Yeah, he can't help himself. That's how he plays. That's how he plays, and I get it, and I love it, but uh, you got to shut him down. You you got to shut him down. Are you kidding me? You're going to put him in bubble wrap? Um, I'm not going to play him in the preseason if he if he can't listen maybe a couple of warm a couple of warm up minutes in a game like this is it this should be it man cuz i don't want my superstar twisting an ankle cuz he goes on an awkward uh, windmill jam or he breaks his chin breaks his jaw diving on the floor for a loose ball in a game that means crap you got to protect him from well, himself I, man we, we both just saw the video where uh, he hung on the rim and then fell I mean, that was an awkward fall. Yes. Now, it could happen in practice. It could happen during a regular season game. But the fact that it happened during a meaningless exhibition does give you a bit of concern because he doesn't know how to play at any other speed than full speed. And apparently he's just excited to be back in the NBA and playing. Because, oh, after the FIBA competition, yeah, right? Yeah, did, did you hear the quote? Um, well, he why was, don't you play it? Do you have it? I don't think we have it. All you got is Giannis is rusty. Would that kind of imply that he didn't oh, get him? Oh, let's, let's see if that's the one. Yeah, Here we go. It. Here we go. I'm rusty. Um, you know, not in the best shape uh, that I can be. Uh, but I just got to keep working hard. And hopefully in the next few days, uh, you know, with practice, with games and all that, I can get in, uh, you know, game shape and uh, season shape. So, I mean, that really goes to his off-season uh, competition in the FIBA tournament with Greece, doesn't it a little bit? Yeah, and he also had the quote. Um, they did. He was, he was kind of anchored by the game plans, where they just didn't cut him loose, so they didn't take full advantage of his skill set. Exactly. They, they they didn't, which is really which weird. Is dumb. He says uh, it felt good. It felt really good. I felt like playing in FIBA was. I was like a prisoner. I just got out of the cage, the cell. I'm free now, but it's good to be back. The rules, the way basketball is played over there, the spacing. I felt like I was playing one against five every time I had the ball. It's different. It's totally different. I prefer the NBA. Well, that was a ringing endorsement of the coach he played for. (laughs) Right. But do you wonder, is there a party that wonders, okay, why aren't NBA teams going to go back and watch those? And I know the the lane's different and the rules are are, uh, – I don't think they can get much from it. You don't think so? No. You know, Giannis got Circum- shut down. Yeah, the circumstances are so much different. I mean, sure, maybe they could, maybe they get some fresh ideas, but I, but I doubt it. Uh, you had some sound. I don't know if you found it yet. Was what, it Anthony what? Davis? Or oh, there wasn't Antonio? sound on that. No, no, there wasn't. Well, what was he saying though? He so was, uh, play that out for me. Um, so Anthony Davis's agent. So it is wasn't Rich Anthony Paul. Davis. It was his mouthpiece. Right. Um, He's talking all about his client, and then he basically said, let me see if I can find the exact quote. He said, if Anthony Davis had played for the Bucks last year, this isn't his quote, I'm paraphrasing here, um, that they would have, here you go. If you put Anthony Davis on the Bucks team last year, they'd be playing in the finals. He knows how to make guys better. That's not a knock to Giannis, but that's just what I think. That was a knock to Giannis, wasn't it? That's exactly what it was. It was a total knock to Giannis. How much better would they have been with with Davis and Giannis. 
I don't know. I, I, who knows? That's just a client or an agent talking about his client. Yeah, just trying to propping build him up. up. Propping, propping yes. up Davis. Would they have been great with Anthony Davis? Of course they would have been great. We'll see how this whole LeBron Davis experiment works, too. But what's the point of ripping Giannis? That's ripping somebody just to rip them. They'd be great with Anthony Davis. They're great with Giannis. That's what it is. They'd be great with uh, another superstar. No, I I would agree with you. At top of the hour, we're going to talk a little Badger hockey with Brian Posick. He joins us then right here on Lucas in the Morning. Okay, patrons, it's time to grab a little slice of cake and put on that party hat because it's birthdays, dead or alive. You saw it's your birthday. Here's Uncle Lukey. I'd be remiss if I didn't give you your daily overdose of Zion last night. Zion had 29 points, 12 of 13 from the field, didn't take a shot from outside of five feet. Zion update. That's good. I like that. Well, I mean, you can start to game plan against that, but hey, that's the highest points per shot place in the NBA right around the rim. There you go. There you go. Um, Tanya Tucker. Remember her? 61 years. You don't? No. I don't think she had a long career. I wasn't a big Tanya Tucker fan. Oh, you weren't? Oh, so you're aware of her? I've heard of her. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. As we've mentioned several times already this morning, Brett Favre. The big 5-0 today. Big 5-0. John Adias, if you forgot, was the big 4-0 yesterday. What'd you do to celebrate last night? Uh, well, uh, went to Portillo's, had a chocolate cake shake. Never had one of those? No. They're delicious. Like a piece I of love chocolate shakes. cake. I love, I love shakes. Oh, you'd like this. It has little tiny chunks of chocolate cake in it. It's good. You were with us at Mickey's, like that shake? That was the, the malt? Yeah. Yeah. That was awesome. Nothing, that was nothing compared to a Mickey's Malt, though. Nothing. They're, no. both, they're both pretty good. Now I've got a craving for a Mickey's Malt. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? Where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground. Cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. You know, I had to go down to Camp Randall like last month or a couple months ago. I stopped at Mickey's. Did, what did you get? Uh, I just had scrambled eggs, toast, bacon. Did you talk standard. to the same guy? Or, or, yep. To Shay? Yeah. yeah, good man. Yep. Said hi to Shay. Did you, you didn't have the scrambler? I didn't have, I couldn't, I it's, didn't it's have the stomach for a scrambler. It's yeah. just overwhelming. It is. You didn't have a chocolate malt? I was going to, but I was, no, I didn't have the room Man, for that it. Sounds, doesn't that sound good right now? Big, I want a thick, creamy chocolate malt. I was going to buy a coffee cake to take home, 
Oh, yeah. But they're so good right out of the... You need help to load those coffee cakes. One piece of coffee cake, two people can load it into your car. Why don't we do another show at Mickey's? I think so. Okay. Why don't we do a week of shows from Mickey's? Let's put the studio in Mickey's. Yeah, let's do that. That sounds good. All right, so let's uh, segue to one of the Neville's. Cyril Neville, 71 today. Today. Uh, Former Packer, Brett Fullwood, 56. Got a few stories on Fullwood. Back in the day, he was about the dumbest guy I've ever met in my life. He went so, to Auburn, of course. I thought I was going to say, Lukey, you already said Brett Favre. No, Brett oh, Favre. Brent, Brent. Brent. Brent Brent Fullwood, Fullwood not Brett Favre. He didn't have a very long career. He did get to the Pro Bowl one year, 89. Rushed for 821 yards. He was like a first-round draft pick of the Packers in 87. The f- number one overall pick that year was Vinny Testaverde. Oh, yeah. Uh, number 26, the Chicago Bears picked. Jim Harbaugh. Mm. Yeah, round one, pick four? Yeah. Brent Fullwood. Yeah, didn't pan out. Nope. Uh, Andrew McCutcheon, 33 years old today. An old 33, covering from a torn ACL yeah. in June. That's never good. Dale Jr., when I say Dale Jr., do you need any more? No. 45 today. He had that very scary incident, right, with the plane? Yeah. Survivor. Said he'll never forget, though, the... Anxiety probably has a lot of anxiety now whenever he flies. Can you imagine what it would be like? I don't even want to. Never mind. Don't think about it. Yeah. Uh, one last uh, birthday. David Lee Roth, 65 today. David Lee Roth, DLR. Oh, here's a little game for you, John. Three birthdays. Joel Prisbilla is 40. Paul okay. Pozlesny is 35. And Troy Tulowitzki is 35. Which one of those three do you think you could spell accurately? Prisbilla, Puzlesny, or T- Tulowitzki? Prisbilla. Go ahead, try it. P R Y. Wrong! What? Stop P-R-Z. it. P R Z Y B I L L A. Dang it. How about Puzlesny? I can't even get it. Go that. ahead, give me a shot. I don't even. Isn't it? It's Puzlesny. He played at Penn State 11 P-U- years. P U. He played 11 years in the NFL, not 11 years at Penn State. Z. P-O-S. See, I knew it was different. L-U-S-Z-N-Y. All right, the easy one is Troy Tulowitzki. No, it's not. Sure it is. Go ahead. T-U-L-O-W-I. Keep going. Don't choke. T. Keep going. Don't choke. I. Ah! Stop it. What is it? C-K-I. Oh, come on. That's the easy one? That was the easy one. Ah, stop it. Former Badger goaltender Terry Kleisinger, 59 today. Brian Posick will join us next. Talk a little Badger hockey on Lucas in the Morning. Good morning, patrons. Welcome to Thursday. And welcome to Lucas in the Morning. Oh, come on. That sucks. Again today, we welcome two of our buddies from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel and JS Online. That means at 7.15, it's Spoon, Tom Silverstein. And at 7.45, it's Jeff Patrikas. They were the suckiest bunch of sucks that ever sucked. Here's the young guy and the old coot, John Audius and Mike Lucas. Well, 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 if you went to bed last night thinking the Dodgers were going to close out the Washington <laughs> Nationals, thinking, oh, Clayton Kershaw on the hill now. No way they touch Clayton Kershaw. Well, they gave up home runs and back-to-back pitches. Damn! 
Welcome. Yeah, and the <laughs> Nationals got a grand slam and extra innings from oh, Kendrick. Kendrick, yeah. And then afterwards, Clayton Kershaw was left to explain himself. Go ahead, Clayton. That's the hardest part every year. I mean, just uh, when you don't win the last game of the season um, and you're to blame for it, um, it, it's not fun. And uh, the main reason is just the group of guys in this clubhouse. And, um, yeah, it's, it's just uh, it's a terrible feeling. Brian Posick joins us now. Yeah. You were applauding yes, during that soundbite. Yeah. Why is that? I don't like the Dodgers. Never have, never will. Yeah, they uh, seven-time defending NL West champions, but haven't won a World Series since 1988. So which, which is tougher to swallow today if you're the Atlanta Braves? You give up a 10 spot in the first inning or the Dodgers and you lose the way you lost? Uh, well, it's got to be the Dodgers. They had a two-run two lead in the eighth inning at home with their stud on the mound, right? Although he's not the same pitcher he was a couple of years ago, he's one of the best pitchers of this generation, and uh, the Nats got to him. Well, we were so. talking about although it's regular tr- season versus postseason, and a lot of different oh, no, no. athletes have struggled in that transition. Well, Alex Rodriguez was one. There's that, a good you know, one. Exactly. Right? We didn't right? come, I mean, he it was, took us ten minutes to come up. Well, with Peyton zero. Manning was, was one. Uh, Peyton Manning's another. Sure, you know uh, it, John Elway until he won that Super Bowl. Right. Oh, sure, sure. Um, Would you put Jim Kelly in there or not? Yeah, I'd have to look at his numbers. I don't think it was all on him. I thought Scott Norwood was lost. more to blame for that loss well, and missing the field goal. Right. Right. Well, hitting the upright. Tarkin and for Viking Boys team. He didn't hit the upright. I'm thinking of so. Viking Boy. Aaron right? Rodgers has great postseason stats, but the record sometimes isn't mm-hmm. there. Right, right. So it's like the opposite. Yeah. Would help if he had a defense. Right. right. And that's more to blame than anything else. Right. You know, no, I, I you know, I, yeah, I hit 443 career postseason ERA for, for Clayton. Doesn't Kershaw. make sense, does it? No, it really doesn't. It doesn't. Right. But I guess, you know, if you think about the, the Braves and the Cardinals, after giving up a 10 spot in the first, you had to endure another three hours of that. It was awful. You know, as a, as a, in the dugout as a Brave. I mean, that, oh, my gosh. Oh, oh it was, it was, it was over. we just go home? I, mean, right. I felt bad for Brian Anderson. He had to talk over it for three hours. That's his job. Yeah, that's he true. He gets paid to do that. Ah, so you get to go on the road this weekend? Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward Badger to it. Badger hockey yeah. is back. Yes, it is. And obviously a lot of hype with uh, the nation's top recruiting class. A couple of first-round draft picks, Cole Caulfield and Alex Turcott. Some have wondered, you know, can these kids just step right in? They're 18. Can they step right in and, and be effective in college hockey? Well, Caulfield played 17 games against college teams last year and had 15 goals and 19 points. Uh, Alex Turcott, uh, while he missed most of the first half with an injury, was as effective uh, against collegiate teams. So I don't think they're going to have any issue stepping right in and being effective. Um, you know, th- they should score a-, a ton of goals. You know, last year they averaged about two and a half. Uh, their power play was at about 16 17%. Offensively, they should be better. Defensively, they need to be a ton better. They were 54th out of 60 teams uh, last year, they gave up uh, three and a half goals per game. Their penalty kill was one of the worst in the country at 74%. If they can uh, shore up their penalty kill, obviously they'd be giving up less goals and have a chance to win more games. So defensively, they've got to be stronger. I think they will. They've got five uh, NHL draft picks in the back end. But but ultimately, I think it comes down to the goaltending. And and the the load falls on, on the shoulders of sophomore Daniel Lebedev, who had a 342 goals against last year, an 893 save percentage, which was like 65th among Division I um, goaltenders. But I know he went back uh, home to Finland and worked with some uh, pro coaches and pro goaltenders to uh, cut down on his movement, try to be stronger, stand up more, up more upright. He's six foot one. He shouldn't be dropping to his knees all the time like we see goaltenders do uh, in this day and age. Uh, so if, if Lebedev can, uh, can be good, 
you know, just just solid. Just be solid. Wisconsin should be should be scoring from plenty you, of goals and, and win twenty plus games. From what wow. you've seen in practices, mm-hmm. who really stands out? What, 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 oh. if, you, if someone says, "Hey, what's this team all about?" Just yeah. give me well, Caulfield, a name or two. Caulfield's number one. I mean, the way he shoots the puck, it's it's ridiculous. You know, Luke Cunning had a very very hard shot. Um, but he wasn't a sniper like Caulfield is. Luke's accuracy nowhere near what Caulfield's is. Um, Wyatt Kalnick, the team captain, uh, junior defenseman, uh, is playing, uh, just watching him in practice, and they've been practicing now for six weeks. Uh, just the confidence that he's shown. He's going to uh, be the point man on the power play again with Caulfield on the left wing, shooting on his off wing. You got Turcotte, you got Linus Weisbach, who is going to play with Turcotte and Caulfield. That is a dynamic, dangerous top line. That's going to be fun to watch. Keandre Miller, number 19, you know, first round draft is pick of the Rangers. Is he playing this weekend or year. not? Uh, that, most likely. You know, he was, uh, he was suspended for the inter squad scrimmage for violating team rules, but he was back at practice. Uh, the last few days and working with the number one power play unit yesterday at practice. So, um, and then another kid too, Ty Pelton Bice. He, he started his career. Oh, he's got at an Harvard. interesting narrative. Yeah, started his career at Harvard. Actually helped the Crimson make it to the Frozen Four as a freshman. Uh, he he battled with. Uh, he's battling depression. Um, and, and and apparently I'm I, I've not gone. I read the story. This. Uh, yeah, Todd Molesky did a nice State job Journal. in the State Journal uh, about it. You know, uh, Ty was struggling in classes. wasn't uh, wasn't having fun and and realized he was he was depressed and then sought help. Uh, returned to Madison. And and he's he stood out Sunday in the inter squad scrimmage. I mean, he scored three goals, uh, which is I, that I think that's a bonus. But but he can play wing or center. He's he got can a little maturity to him too, doesn't he? Or the penalty kill, yeah, yeah. He and brings a level of hockey experience DNA? and maturity and hockey IQ from his dad and former <laughs> no All American John Bice. Yeah. So I mean, there's there's so much to like about this team that hasn't hit the ice yet. And tomorrow night against Boston College, we could see six first round draft picks on the ice. There wow. are only 11 in Division One college hockey this year, and six of them could be on the ice tomorrow night So you're going to get some chowder? Oh, I'm going to get chowder, and I'm going to get uh, some lobster. Oh, and actually, whoa. the Patriots are home to play the Giants tonight. Well, that's so right. So we're going to find a place to go view that game uh, at some point uh, tonight wow. when we get into town. Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait. You got a favorite place in Boston? Uh, illegal seafood's always the place to go, but I don't have a car, so I, I go wherever I'm taken. Wait, basically. you're getting illegal seafood? What'd you yeah. say? Legal seafood is the oh, name of the restaurant. Oh, versus illegal. Oh. Right, right, right. This is a great place to get some illegal so tomorrow, seafood. <laughs> tomorrow night on 1310 WIBA, uh, Saturday night at Merrimack on the Big Ten 70 uh, Worldwide on the Our Heart What's Radio What's that arena like? Yeah. What's Merrimack like? Merrimack, it's uh, the rink, it's, it's nothing like uh, the Conti Forum. Um, it's got a low ceiling, but it's, you know... Just a well, a little char- it's got character. It's, it's got, got personality. Very much has character. Yes, yeah, I've been yeah. in some of those buildings. Oh yeah, over oh, the yeah. years for sure. All right, we'll have a good trip, a safe hey, travels, thanks. and thanks. we'll talk to you next week. Have fun against the Spartans. Yeah, <laughs> it won't be a lot of fun. That's going to be nasty <laughs> defensive <laughs> football. Yes, it will. What it's going to be all about. Yep. Uh, we'll talk a little Packers Lions with Tom Silverstein next on Lucas in the Morning. found different ways to win games although you know you'd like to be 5-0 and right now but uh, I think that we've done some some really good things for the most part when we got you know in the red zone I know two weeks in a row now we, we haven't been able to punch it in from the one yard line so that there's obviously room for improvement there but you know I, I think we're able to move the ball a little bit more consistently that would be Packers head coach Matt LaFleur welcome back to Lucas in the Morning with John Adios joining us now from 
Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, Tom Silverstein. Tom is brought to you by Metro Ford and Metro Kia of East Madison. Good morning, Spoon. How are you? Good morning. I think we all have a tendency to focus on Green Bay's tackles, whether it be Bakhtiari or Bulaga. But how much of an impact have Jenkins and Turner had with solidifying that O-line? Well, they've, they've given them a little different element at guard. They're two really big athletic guys, and I think we saw Sunday where they can really be effective is in some inside zone, real power kind of football. Uh, they seemed like they were pretty, they seemed like they were better when they were able to just match up with somebody and, and you know, drive them out and not have to be, you know, trying to stretch the stretch the field a little bit and reach to a guy. I mean, they were allowed to play a little bit more physical football. Now, their pass blocking has still been kind of suspect, and so that's an area both guys have to continue to get better at. But you could tell that uh, when they were running all that inside zone stuff in, in Dallas, you know, if they get on a guy, he stays blocked. So um, big athletic guys. Everybody's writing about Lucas Patrick this week, and rightly so, because he replaced Lindsley. Looked like he held up well at, at center. And Patrick seems to have a pretty good story. At least he's been telling it on how Aaron Rodgers has boosted his confidence. Pick it up from there. Um, yeah, I mean, I wasn't part of that interview. Uh, it, it sounds like Rodgers gave him some um, a little bit of a boost during... Positive during, feedback, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, he uh, he had... <laughs> excuse me, he had... Um, Don't want to choke you up with that okay. question. Yeah, I know. I am. I'm, I'm all choked up. He had a um, decent game. You know, he had a couple of bad snaps, a couple of... Uh, wayward hikes, yes. Wayward hikes. But you know what was interesting about that was that, you know, so they wound up going to Aaron Jones instead of Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Jones did a tremendous job of making something out of those. You know, all of a sudden the ball's in his hands. It's not supposed to be. And he's bouncing, you know, bouncing it outside for a 15-yard game. And, uh, you know, I know he was really complimentary, Patrick was, of um, Rodgers, but he probably owes Aaron Jones a dinner, too, because he he was really, um, the way he improvised off of those direct snaps, which were not supposed to be direct snaps, was pretty impressive. Yeah, I thought so too. I thought maybe they could put that in the playbook. Um, but I, I want to ask you. Yeah. I want to ask you about Aaron Rodgers. What kind of Aaron Rodgers do the Packers need moving forward? I asked that because he said that he thought he played his best game. It wasn't his best game statistically, but he felt like he played a really good game, and it was a win. And the reason I also ask is because you can make the case that if Mitch Trubisky and Kirk Cousins had some decent uh, play back at quarterback, the Packers could could be a two and three team and we'd be talking more about the offense um obviously they're not and they are what they are but i guess how much do they really need uh aaron Rodgers or vintage aaron Rodgers? well i thought i think they need the aaron Rodgers who played the way he did sunday which was uh he's got to let the other aaron 
be more of the uh, centerpiece of their offense and then spread the ball around. You know, he made, he made the Cowboys pay when they focused a little bit more on Aaron Jones. He was really good um, uh, in, in sort of a rhythm passing game. You know, he was decisive, I thought. Uh, he didn't do anything that really killed the Cowboys. You know, I don't think there was anything where you'd say that, um, where the Cowboys walked away and said, you know, Aaron Rodgers beat us. But he kept, he kept the chains moving and then he, he complimented Aaron Jones. And, you know, I, I remember writing this a year ago that, you know, Aaron Jones can be the focal point of their offense. And when he is, they're a better team. And then Aaron Rodgers plays off that. And then he can start to do some of those things, you know, that he used to do when he isn't so forced to just uh, scramble and, and, try to make a play now he can start to make some playoff some plays off of the run game you know and off of some of the rhythm of that offense we're talking with tom silverstaff from the milwaukee journal Sentinel. you wrote today about the secondary and the impact that brian gutekunst has had on just reshaping the personnel pick it up from that point well you know he he went all in on the secondary he didn't just stop with drafting Jair Alexander and Darnell Savage. You know, a, a year ago, he signed Tremont Williams, and then he signed uh, Adrian. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. Amos. So then you got two veterans. But then... He kept going, you know, he added two other guys who, you know, most of the time they, they always were relying on undrafted free agents. And he went with two guys, Will Redman and Chandon Sullivan, who had been in the league before. Redman was a third round pick of the 49ers and for injury reasons had kind of bounced around. And but when he came to the Packers, they were able to <coughs> excuse me, uh immediately stick him in to the slot, he could play the slot, he could play safety, he could play outside corner. Same with M- Will Redman. They did the same with Matrell Jamerson. You know, he was involved in that competition. Um, and it really gave them some reliable guys. So now the rookie un- rookies and undrafted guys like a Kadar Holman, who is an impressive athlete, uh, he is sitting there, he's He's available, but he's mostly learning now. And so they've got these really this depth of guys that are not just learning on the run. They're guys who are kind of ready to play in the NFL. John's got a dumb question he wants to ask you. Go ahead, John. I love dumb questions. Well, I I don't know what exactly we've decided with that question. I kind of alluded to it earlier. 
with the yeah. Packers record of being possibly no, no, not that. Is that, dumb that the question. dumb question? No, what was about it? Giannis? I'm not going to ask him. Yes, that. ask him. You you brought oh, it stop up. Stop it. Why are you John doing, wants to know? Why? I was joking. No, Lukey. you weren't. You weren't joking. I was joking. Here, we were, we were trying to find a sound. Okay, just to set this up so it doesn't sound that idiotic. Okay. <laughs> we were trying to find a soundbite to play leading into your interview, and I said I got some Budenholzer, and then Luca goes, "Why don't you just play some Giannis?" And then I, I laughed and I said, well, we can ask Spoon uh, how Giannis would do if he was a tight end. How many touchdowns would he, pl- uh, would he catch in Matt LaFleur's offense if he joined the Packers tomorrow? So there you have it. The there's, dumb your, question. there's my dumb question. What kind of answer you got for <laughs> Tight end? Yes. Um, I would definitely throw it up to him. You yeah, know? in the red zone? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> now, I'm not sure he could ever get off the line of scrimmage, but he's... You know he's he's, he's built a lot stronger over yes. the years. Yes, so. I thought if you put him in a goal line situation, he'd euro step around a defender easily and I'll <laughs> jump them easily, and he'd have five to ten touchdowns this season if he joined the team right now. Told you, you're it was right. A dumb you, question. You're right. I think I'm I think I'm on board with you on that. All one. right, there you, you know, go. Bobby Adams <laughs> that kind of stuff at the line of scrimmage, so Giannis could do it too. Mm-hmm. So there, John. All right, so the Packers are four and a half point favorite against the Lions. Will they cover or not? <laughs> Um, I think they will. I think Detroit's a really good defensive team, but playing at home, I think they got a um, you know decent amount of rest. They should be able to handle this. We'll see. Uh, with the thing that that's um, key is is whether they can run on the the Lions, and I didn't think they could run on the Cowboys. So if they can run the Cowboys, maybe they can run on the Lions. So we don't have a disagreement. We can't bet on anything, and we're even, by the way. You know that. Yeah. We're even right now. Even Steven. Well. <laughs> well Spoon. Okay? I got a little bit of a cold, okay? Would never have guessed. Um, I would have, you know, for that reason, I'm going to take the Lions to cover. I'll take the Packers to win the Lions to cover. All right. And I want those cupcakes. Well, now we're going to change the, the bet. It's got to be Twinkies now. Since we both, uh, since we both are. How about Ding Dongs? Uh, ding Dongs. Yes. Ding Dongs. You guys and your bats are so funny. Thank you. Have a good week. Get healthy, man. (laughs) All right. Chicken soup, dude. Yeah. Later. Bye. Get some sleep. Oh, bad for him. Didn't you feel bad for him? Yeah. Felt was... bad for you after I revealed your dumb question. Now here, ask him the dumb question you were talking <laughs> well, about during the break. Here's the problem, John. You go back and you think about how many dumb questions I have today. So you, you came <laughs> up with a different dumb question than I had for for your dumb question. It does say something, right? Now, which, which dumb question were you talking about, Lukey? Multiple choice. Dumb questions Great. from people, John Adias. People are already getting on Twitter about the Giannis thing. Oh, no. I told you. What? What are we? The most senseless things that we bring up are the most popular responses that Talk, we get. Which Big Ten mascot would win? That was a big uh, Twitter thing, and there was another dumb thing. Oh, I'm I changing said. my answer to that, by the way. To what? Which mascot? I think. Yeah. Would which win. one? I'll tell you when we come back. Oh, come on. Jeff Patricus joins us in less than 15 minutes. I'm sure I won't ask him anything dumb, dumb, but John will. That's coming up on Lucas in the Morning. One strike pitch. Swinging a fly ball, center field deep. Bellinger going back to the warning track, to the wall. It's a grand slam. 
Howie Kendrick has done it. They're going crazy in the Nationals' dugout. Howie Kendrick with a grand slam here in the 10th inning of Game 5. The Nationals 7, the Dodgers 3. Welcome back, Lucas of the Morning with John Audius. Anyone have Howie Kendrick in their grand slam pool? I did. Yeah. You did, huh? I won 20 bucks. Yep. Great foresight on your part. Uh, we played a couple of the earlier calls. Which one was the better home run call? Was it on Rendon? The, um, the first one, the first bomb off Kershaw? I think they were both probably pretty good. Play it again. Play it again. Kershaw's 1-0 to Rendon. Swung on, hit of the year to deep left center field. Taylor going back. Warning track at the wall. He leaps. It is gone. Goodbye. Bang. Zoom goes Rendon on the second pitch from Clayton Kershaw. And this is now a one-run game here in the top of the eighth inning. Rendon with his first home run of the series and the postseason. He drives in his fifth run of this series. And it's now the Dodgers three and the Nationals two with nobody out here at the top of the eighth inning. That was a good call. It really was. And it was followed by another home run off Clayton Kershaw. I mean, he didn't even have a time. He had no time there to even breathe. Two pitches, two dingers, right? Reminds me of Craig Kimbrell a little bit. I feel bad for Clayton Kershaw. Well, I, I, I think well, everybody did because of the way he looked, his body language in the dugout afterwards. We have, a, I think, at least one soundbite, too, where he talked about giving up the home runs and he had one job to do, blah, 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 blah. I had one job to do, just get three outs and got one out and um, didn't get the other two, and they went over the fence. Cost us the game right there. So um, that's it's a terrible feeling. Um you know, there's no no excuses. Just didn't make pitches, and guy hit it over the fence twice. So. so we propose to you, our listener, does Josh Hader feel any better today knowing that Clayton Kershaw melted down? And or do Brewer fans feel worse today knowing that Nationals were able to upend the Dodgers? So it could be now, knowing you the way you think, John, the Brewers could be advancing well, I mean, the championship series. That doesn't mean that they wouldn't have gotten swept by the Dodgers or anything we like don't that. Know but, that. But it is you do as a fan when you see the team that beat you go on to beat the team that you did. You're like, oh, well, maybe we could have beat them because we could beat that team. Right. It doesn't always work that way. But yeah, you felt like you had that team beat until Hater coughed it up. It's just tough to take because as fans of the Brewers, you see this month of September, you get into the playoffs. Craig Council has this awesome speech. Everybody's jacked, and then you have the lead, and then you choke it away. You give it up, however you want to describe that. It doesn't matter. You lost the game. And you're like, well, I want all those postseason moments. The Nationals got one against the Brewers. They got another one against the Dodgers. And they're playing in the championship series now. But do you feel any better that the final game of your season came down to being a really taut, tense battle versus what happened with the Braves yesterday? They give up 10 runs in the first inning, game over. Then you got to just play it out. Knowing that season's over. What's well, easier to take? And in front of your home fans. And if you look up the records, I mean, road teams in the playoffs have an incredibly good record for whatever reason. So there is no home field advantage. You spend all year playing for the home field. There's no advantage, No John. advantage. I told, I've been telling you that for years, Lukey. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's easier to take as a fan when you get blown out, right? I mean, it's easier to be like, well, not going to win this one. And you can kind of... Deal with the the consequence or deal with the feelings of losing. Do we want to show another side of Mike Shield? Yes, I was going to do that. All right, because he looks like uh, your chemistry teacher, your science teacher, your biology teacher. 
He looks pretty uh, nondescript to me, doesn't he? Is that fair? Probably not fair. And we're going to judge him on his looks. Yeah, but he, he, doing, he looks he? very soft-spoken, doesn't he? Kind of looks like you, John. Soft-spoken. A little nerdy. You don't. <laughs> thanks. You don't realize that he has a potty mouth? Yeah. So you want to play it for us? Yeah, so this was a, a rookie who recorded this on Somebody in the clubhouse, and, and, and I don't think this was supposed to be aired publicly, but it did, it, and I think he deleted his post. But nonetheless, it gives you a peek inside of what the skipper for the St. Louis Cardinals really is all about. Pretty intense, I think. What I'm loving about this series is we played the game hard, we played the game right. We started some sh- we finished the shit. Yeah, let's go. And that's how we roll. We don't start with no one with us ever. Ever. All right? Now, I don't give a who we play. We're going to f him up. We're going to take it right to him the whole way. We're going to kick the f. Yeah. Let's go. I would have never guessed what a leader of men. He's going to win manager of the year, and he? he's going to beat out council. Sounds like a football coach. You're going to beat out council, isn't he? No. I think he's going to beat out council. No, no way. Yeah, maybe. Is that fair? You think it's going to be fair if well, the council loses to Mike Shield? I would. I mean, there's different arguments, right? We'll ask I Mike Heller. Heller will join us. Of course, Heller's while. going to say council. What do you should think win. Heller will say? Oh, you think you think Heller's going to say that the Cardinals manager should win anything? Of course not. I'm guessing not. Uh, Jeff Petrikas next. Talk about Spartans and Badgers right here on Lucas in the Morning. You know, it's one of those things that you dream about getting in the end zone in Camp Randall, you know, especially in that end zone down by the student section. And you know, you're, I wasn't really thinking about it in the moment. You get in the end zone and you just want to find your teammates and celebrate with them and thank them for helping you get in there. But you know, I think it hit me like when I saw my parents after the game and my mom's crying and all that stuff. Um, definitely is a good feeling. Jeff Patricus, the devil. Now there was a good feeling and then the bad feeling to follow. Uh, Jack Dunn, a special feeling, scoring his first career touchdown. Joining us now on Lucas in the Morning with John Audius, Jeff Petrikas from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, the devil himself. Good morning. How are you? I am fantastic this morning. How are you guys? That was a good story that Dunn got into the end zone. I mean, I, I, you could really tell that. His, didn't his teammates kind of call for that play? Uh, Groshek and yeah. say, hey, run that play. Yeah, that was the best part about it. We were talking to, uh, I think, Paul mentioned it after the game, and Jonathan Taylor too. That they were they were talking to Dunn, and you know Dunn said, "Hey, it's probably open." And they're like, "Well, let's go tell him. Let's t- you know, let's get you in the end zone." So, and it was wide open. I mean, and at that point in the game, I think Kent State was pretty much beaten down. But you know, Jack will he'll remember that one for quite a long time. Yeah, well, it's more the, the significance of it was it didn't determine the outcome of the game. That had long since been determined. More so than anything else, a little reward for Jack Dunn, the work he's put in here, uh, kind of a survivor in many respects. You know what? It'll be interesting because he has struggled a little bit um, fielding punts of late, and you would hope if you're the coach or his teammate that get a little bit of success, even though that's not a punt return, you know, that bolsters his confidence because they need him to be more consistent fielding the ball on punts. Yeah, they face the best punter in the Big Ten on Saturday. And field because I just think field position uh, can never be overrated, especially when the games are tighter, don't you? I mean, this. That's where the Badgers have lost out. In those hidden yardage, they just haven't been very good. Yeah, they, their return game, you know, if you look at kickoffs, they, they got one long return by Crookshank so far this year, but they haven't gotten a lot of pop in kickoff, on kickoff returns for a while. 
Uh, Nick Nelson gave him a little bit of a weapon in 17 um, on punt returns where he had a couple nice ones against Michigan for a touchdown, a key game against Iowa in the first half to help them take control of that game. Um, so, yeah, they, you know, they're fortunate that the other side were, you know, their punt coverage has been good, and you've got Zach Hintz um, just basically starting teams off in the 25 pretty much every time. Uh, what do you have to go back to, Kenzel Doe, for the last time they had someone who could make plays as a returner? Uh, Alex Erickson um, True. Was, was able to do some things there, Jazz PV a little bit, but they just, you know, haven't had a, a guy consistently do it. And part of it has been blocking, too. No, that's a big part of it. I'm glad you brought it up, whether it be on kickoff returns or punt returns. You've got to give that returner, that specialist, a chance. Yeah, I mean, now, I will say this. The guy from Kent State was a good punter. And you mentioned the kid from Michigan State is a really good punter. So I would not expect to see a lot of pop on the return game, this week, at least on punt returns. Potential for kickoff returns, because I don't think Michigan State is really a great kickoff coverage unit. To be honest, I don't know how many kickoffs there will be. I think it's really going to be a defensive struggle, don't you? Well, I I think Wisconsin has the capacity to move the ball more consistently than Michigan State than the other way around because Michigan State's running game is is just it's not consistent. Now, Lewerke can hurt you, but, uh, I mean, he, he can hurt you with his feet and his arm, but I just don't know. And they do a good job protecting him, and part of it is that he, he's, he's really mobile. But I just don't know that they're going to be able to move the ball consistently on Wisconsin. How about Wisconsin's defense? Why is Wisconsin's defense so good this year? When you look at the stats, they're number one in total defense, number one in fewest points allowed among Big Ten teams. I think it's under 200 yards a game and under six points per game allowed. Why Why are they so much better this year? And is it a, a, how much does the schedule factor in? Well, for, I, I don't even look at the stats as to why they're better because I, I think most people expected them to be better if a couple things happened. One, you've got the, the addition of Garrett Rand and a healthy Isaiah Loudermilk and gives you, along with Matt Henningsen, gives you three guys you can rotate in. Keanu Benton has filled in well um, in the absence of Bryson Williams. So you're better up front. You're stopping teams from running. They couldn't do that last year. So you're getting in third and long much more this year than you did last year. And then when you get in third and long, Zach Bond is a better player than he was a year ago. Noah Burks is a better player than he was a year ago. They've, they've got really good productivity from the inside backers, and the back end is experienced and healthy. So give us a little preview. Who are you taking in this matchup? I, I just think Michigan State is not going to be able to move the ball consistently. Wisconsin's a better team. It's at home, and I think the weather will be okay. I think Wisconsin wins by about 7-10. to 10. All righty. All righty. Thanks, Jeff. We'll see you at Camp Randall right. on Saturday. See you Saturday. Jeff Patrick, Smoky Journal Center, Alaska. Mike Heller joins us next on Lucas in the Morning. Everybody. So good, man. Uh, <laughs> really good. I was like, uh, I feel like playing with FIBA. I was like a prisoner. I just got out of the cage, you know, the cell, and I'm free now. What an endorsement of uh, FIBA and his coach with the Greek national team. Welcome back to Lucas in the Morning. Last call, John Adius, Mike Keller. That was the freak. The scariest thing, Mike, of, from last night's exhibition, meaningless exhibition game, was the video of, of Giannis trying to dunk and falling hard awkwardly to the floor. Goodness. Yeah, see now, honestly, if, if John had a choice... 
John wouldn't play Giannis until May. Oh, no, May. he already said No, 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 don't play him until May. He wants you to can, put him you, in bubble you wrap. You can go through the entire season. Keep him healthy. You can win without him. Just have him play in May. He said that. You must have been listening today for the first time ever. Yep. I, I thought the best case for the Bucks is to, you know, second round in the playoffs. Just break him out. Uh, then he'll be oh, fresh. He'll be healthy. Him. He'll be healthy. He'll be good to go. Yeah. Are you going to pick on John for some of the other dumb things he said today? I am, because uh, you're going to leave, right? Yeah, I'm out of here. Yeah. I haven't heard enough. Yeah, I was going to pick <laughs> on you. I was going to go after you, but instead it'll what be obvious. What are you going to get me for? You ready, for John? One, Everything. You... Oh, please. You said a couple dumb things too, uh, Luke. I did not. Thanks for listening, though, to Lucas in the Morning. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu visit.